This is In Focus, the weekly public affairs program from KTBB and the Team Sports Radio, featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of In Focus. My name is Lonnie Johnson. As always, if you have any uh, thoughts on the show or any uh, thoughts on who you might like us to have as guests, you can reach us at infocus at ktbb.com. My guest today, Kristen Harris, she's the Chief Executive Officer of Family of Care. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. You're very welcome. Uh, So tell us about Family Circle of Care. Okay. So Family Circle of Care is a federally qualified health center. And what that means is that we serve everyone regardless of ability to pay. So we have five clinics in Tyler, one clinic in Jacksonville, and one in Athens. Um, We have OBGYN, pediatrics, internal medicine, family medicine, mental health services, and dental services. We, uh, we take most insurances and Medicaid and Medicare. And then for people who are uninsured, we have a sliding fee scale. So it's based on household income and number of people in the household. And so if people are uninsured and low income, they pay 15, 20, 25, or $30 for our services. So we truly are open and affordable for everyone. When you say your services, um, do you mean uh, checkups, stuff like that, or do you mean all the way to uh, complicated medical procedures? I mean everything. We are a full scope medical service. So our OBGYN doctors deliver about 112 babies a month at Christus. That's a huge volume. Um, we have six OBGYN physicians and they're regarded as the top in the field. They're really excellent. Um, in addition to that, we have Um, excellent nurse practitioners and nurse midwives and we have a dedicated women's health clinic on Glenwood Boulevard in, in Tyler. Um, so we, we deliver the babies. The next part of it is we have a very robust pediatric department. So we see um, pediatric um, patients at several of our clinics from newborn all the way up until they transition to our family medicine department. Um, so for uh, um, you asked about you know, sick, well, we see, we see everyone. We also have a pediatrician who rotates through um, uh, Christus Hospital. So if people are admitted there, one of our um, pediatricians is going to see them there as well. And I can tell you that I've, I've actually used Family Circle of Care. It was uh, in a different way that I came about to use them, but uh, my son's pediatrician uh, had a, a, an illness and his practice changed and he moved to Family Circle of Care. And uh, so I was able to use your services with my um very adult son, I guess at this point. <clears throat> but I was I was very impressed. Um, the the staff seemed very nice, um, and uh, I, it, it certainly there's a need. And uh, you guys are actually you have one of the one of your places is in kind of my neighborhood. It's just like you know maybe a half mile from my house. So uh, and I've noticed there that you have like multiple buildings, like you're growing. So and how many places do you have again? So we we are growing. So we have a, a Houston Street complex. It's kind of on the corner of Houston Street and South Fan, and we have seven buildings there. 
mm-hmm. um, one of which is our, our one of our clinics, but we also have our central operations building where we have care coordinators, referral specialists, um, nurse triage, our call center, so that people can call in and they can get all of their needs taken care of all at once. Um, we also have our finance department and HR and other other operations um, offices there. Um, and then another exciting thing that's happening at that central operations location where there are seven buildings is in November we're going to add optometry and ophthalmology services, which is really exciting. Um, Dr. Clayton Whitney, who has been in the community for many, many years, previously worked at Christus, also previously worked at St. Paul's, is going to be joining us. And we'll be able to see, um, uh, provide services, right, that continuum where someone comes into us as a pediatric patient, it turns out they have a developmental screening, they need vision services, and they're right there. And again, the sliding fee scale will apply and we'll take Medicaid, so we'll be able to serve a lot of people. Let's talk about the name, the Family Circle of Care. So that says a lot right there. Uh, you mentioned at the, begin- at the beginning of the episode that that it, it is all-encompassing for everyone in the family. So uh, it, it's feasible that I guess you could, you could care for your whole family in one location. Absolutely. And one of the things I like to think about is that, first of all, we, we serve every single person from newborn all the way up until older age, but we also serve people on the entire continuum of um, payment sources. So in life, you might have a job where you have private insurance. Well, we take that. Then you might no longer have your job and have no insurance. And then you can go on our sliding fee scale and you can continue to see our doctors. Then maybe you get pregnant and you get on Medicaid and then you're on Medicaid. You can keep seeing our doctors. Then maybe when you're older, you're on Medicare. So it's really unusual in a lot of ways that someone can come to an organization and continue to see their providers all through their life, no matter what their payment source is. Um, So we're really proud of that, and that's why we are able to um, create a lot of loyalty among our patients, because they're able to come to us always, regardless of their personal situation. So um, we talked a little bit about the, the central hub of the Houston Clinic, where there are seven locations, but we also have a lot of other locations in Tyler that are really um, centrally located for families as well. We have on Glenwood Boulevard, we have the Women's Health Clinic. On North Broadway, we have our Broadway Clinic. Um, that's near up near the Senior Center. Um, and then um, on uh, West Gentry Parkway, across from the zoo, we have another clinic. So we have the four, four uh, different locations for the medical services. Um, and then we also have our, our new dental clinic that's located in the First Watch um, Bergfeld Center complex that we just opened in February. So now we truly, when we're talking about serving the whole family, we're saying we're serving the whole family and we're ser- we're, we're just adding to the services we're giving to you. Correct. It, it seems like you, you, so do the physicians rotate between the different locations as versus being assigned to one location? They're assigned to one location. That is their private practice area. Um, so the patients can always go back and see, um, see the, the patients and the, the medical assistants and the nurses they've grown accustomed to seeing. You're a nonprofit. Yes, we are. Where do you get your money? 
Well, we get our money in a few different Because let's ways. help. That's what we're here for. That's, That's what it. the program's about. That's it. Thank you for asking. So we get some of our money from the federal government. So the federal government, no matter what your political position is, you support FQHCs, federally qualified health centers, because um, everyone in the federal government wants to make sure that people can get services. Otherwise, if there's no place where people can get primary medical care, they're going to go into the hospital and use the hospitals for the primary medical care and really increase the cost for everyone. And so there's there are reasons of compassion to make sure everyone gets health care and there are financial reasons to make sure everyone gets health care. So the federal government gives us some funding. And that's one of the things. And then um, also we, we, we take Medicaid and we're able to get an enhanced rate for Medicaid to make sure that, that we, um, we're able to, to get some, some, um, some funding that way. Now, the reason we get that federal funding is it offsets the fact that we we serve many people with no ability to pay. So um, Texas is not a Medicaid expansion state, and so we have this whole group of adults that if they have no insurance, um, they may not be able to pay for the medical services so we can offset it. But I'm glad you asked about that because we really want to be more than just a medical provider of services. We really want to make a difference in our community and we want to have um, innovative exciting programs so we do seek um, private donors and other grant funding to really take us from good to great and to make a dent in improving health care of East Texans because we do have a lot of um, chronic medical conditions a lot of a, a lot of medical concerns and we really want to make sure we have new and exciting programs and one of the new and exciting programs, we applied for a federal grant on early childhood development, um, uh, an early childhood development grant. Um, and a few weeks ago, we learned that um, we won the grant and it's $200,000 a year uh, for two years. And we were chosen among about um, 1,400 applicants in the country. Less than 10% received the funding. We were one of the health centers that received the funding. And the purpose of that is really saying, um, in addition to the medical services, we are going to provide just en enhanced education and one-on-one -on -one support and a prenatal class and parenting training classes um, to really um, assist parents with learning about de developmental milestones and then help them get connected to any um, ref any developmental referral resources there are. Because what happens is when, when, when children zero through five come into our clinics, we do a developmental assessment and then we refer them either internally to other services or externally to community um, providers to get the help they need. They might need some autism testing. Um, and they might need um, other services. And like I say, some we're going to, some we provide internally, and some we refer externally. But um, back to your your question about funding. Another, um, you know, we we try to collaborate with people in the community and organizations in the community to provide great services, and. Um, we're always looking for to increase the collaborations and find funding sources to be um, to just increase the quality of care we're providing. Before I drill down on the early childhood disorder and the humanity and what you do, uh, let, let, let's uh, tell everyone how they can donate. 
Um, you can absolutely uh, go to our website. We have a chief development officer. Um, her name is Allison Wallace, and um, she would be happy to, to meet with you and talk to you about um, what we're doing and what our needs are and what we really plan for the future and how we think we can continue to improve outcomes. So Allison Wallace, you can reach her by calling our main number. Uh, you can get at her at 903-535-9041. You can go on our website, send her a message, and um, we'd love to talk to you more about that. That's fantastic. So let's, I, I wanted to, as I said, drill down on the humanity of your, your, your organization. So I can't think of a better place to start than early childhood disorders or early childhood development. Excuse me. Uh, that was the degree plan. <laughs> early childhood development and how important that is uh, in, in the development of children. And if when it comes to people that face tough socioeconomic uh, situations, how uh, much that some of us take that for granted and how it's not there, whether it's a good meal or good medical care, how important is that early childhood development? Oh, it's it's really, it's so critical. It's so incredibly important. And there are all these social determinative health issues that impact health care. If you're not getting food, then then that's, you have, if you can't take care of the primary um needs of food, then it's going to have this great impact. Um, East Texas Food Bank comes to one of our health centers the third Friday of every month. They come to our West Gentry Health Center at 2231 West Gentry Park Parkway, and they do a food distribution for about 600 families. At the same time, we have our mobile uh, medical unit parked in the parking lot. And we provide any drop-in um, medical services that people want. To so you have a mobile unit also? We do. Okay. We do. We have a 40-foot mobile unit. It has two exam rooms. It has a little um, uh, registration area and a little waiting area. And it has a full lab. And so we're able to go to community events. For instance, we... Um, went to Tyler ISD Head Start back to school um, program to do some um, early va uh, vaccinations. We went to Chapel Hill ISD to do back to school physicals. Um, we go to Clinic Under the Bridge once a month, which is um, a, a, you know, a gathering of people with um, housing insecurity where there's food distribution and, and, um, and um, church services and we provide medical care there. Um, we go out to various community functions and if anyone in the community has a function that you'd like us to go out to we're very happy to um, take our mobile unit out there have a pediatrician or an OBGYN physician or a, a family medicine um, doctor or nurse practitioner on board to provide primary care um, provide screening so absolutely anyone can reach out to us um, if you'd like us to collaborate on any sort of event because we go to many different events um, but the but the importance of early childhood screening um, and referrals and and getting people into services is critical. Just for frame of reference and some numbers, last year we delivered 1,347 babies. That's a lot of that's a lot of babies. We got them into our pediatric program. 
We served over 6,000 children ages zero through five, and we provided developmental screenings to them. We then determined that 13% of them needed to have referrals out to get help, additional help, 13% of them. So that was about 730 children, zero through five. We felt the need that we need to get them in for additional services. But what happens sometimes is sometimes they don't go, right? So if we say they really should go in for autism testing, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech, mental health services, we really want to make sure that we can either provide those services in-house or really make sure that we're able to get them into um, the community for those services. And there are barriers. Sometimes people don't understand the importance of it. Sometimes they don't feel like they have the funding or they feel like they're might be some language barriers if they go to other other services because when they come to us we have we have video interpretation services we have an iPad that can if, if there's okay you saw how tech savvy I was uh, <laughs> at the beginning of this piece yeah. uh, what what is that coming so yeah we're really fortunate first of all. Um, um, many of our employees um, speak Spanish fluently and are able to communicate with all of our patients. But we also have rolling carts that have iPads on them and we're able to call into the service called A&M Stratus where immediately we punch in we need someone who speaks Spanish immediately someone comes up we punch in we need someone who does does American Sign Language someone a live person comes up and is able to um, be in there with the provider talking to the families and they love that well it's not only yeah. amazing and nice but it's critical I mean you know uh I have a friend who's, who speaks mostly Spanish. I speak mostly English. We've been friends for almost 30 years now, and we've developed our own language. That that language that we have is not effective all the time in serious situations where they're complicated. So whether it's a pronoun or, or something that, that that's different, um, the, it, it can mean all the difference in the world in care. So when when uh, you guys or someone that, that that's possibly going to to a family circle of care to be able to articulate their true medical condition is uh, imperative. Correct. It is. It is so important because if you even get kind of the body part or the or the prescription name wrong. You have to have someone who can do accurate right. interpretation. And that, that's critical. And, and it also helps. I mean, there are times, I know when I've spoken to some people who have who have parents um, who do not speak English well enough to be able to um, converse about medical care, they've had to interpret. In English. I just in, want to be clear. So they can, in, they can in, in discuss English. it just fine in their native a language. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. But to have, to be a child and have to interpret for your parents is not a good um, not a good process because what a um, great point because you want parents don't want their child to have to worry about them having right. some sort of heart condition here a four-year-old who's trying to interpret so when they come to us we don't have to have young children interpret for adults we are able to have an interpretation system where where we're able to um, talk directly to them and as I say many of our providers 
many of our um, MAs and nurses um, speak multiple languages, uh, including Spanish. So we really feel like we can serve people in their preferred language for discussing healthcare because it really is what's their preferred language for healthcare because healthcare is complex um, and we want to make sure we get it right when we talk. Well, could you elaborate on that? Because I know I know the billing in medical is very complex. Um, so, and I know the care part. Obviously, the doctor's part, they have to be bright. Dr. Smith's a brilliant man. But the what what's complicated? Are you speaking about the delivery of care or the... the the accuracy of care. Yeah, when you say well, that? You know, I think when I when I think about going to the doctor, and I think about it even for myself, right? right. You you come in. I, I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, I don't have a medical background. Um, so you come in and you're very vulnerable. You know, you you've got to talk about a problem sure. that you may have. You don't maybe you don't you know the exact words. Maybe it's 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 embarrassing. You're exposed. And then if you take on some of these other elements, what if you're what if you're concerned that you don't have the money? to pay for it and you don't know what this is really going to mean. Well, it's humiliating. I, I can see it being humiliating and that's the problem and that's what I find so valuable about Family of Circle is I, I'm, I'm a guy that I don't, I don't really think, I think if you're out there trying and you don't need to be, I don't think you need to be humiliated anyway. Uh, that's the first thing. But if you're out there trying and you're working and, and let's face it, uh, Tyler's very philanthropic. Tyler's also very uh, successful in a lot of ways and there's a lot of people that aren't as fiscally successful as some others. And it always bothers me sometimes how those people are forced to feel in a situation when they go out here and probably work as hard or harder than any of us do, yet when it's time to get a basic human need taken care of, they're made to feel poorly. And that's my impression of Family Circle, is that is a place where that does not happen. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a true believer as the people, everyone who works with us, that we all believe that that medical care is, is a human right and not just a privilege. And so everyone has the right to good health. And we want to help people with their health and all the things that are connected to their health. So at our health centers we have community health workers and they will connect people to community resources so if someone comes in and they have food insecurity issues they'll connect them to different resources they will also be able to help them apply for Medicaid SNAP TANF CHIP because they're certified through the state to be able to help them with those applications um, as I said before, they we refer out to other community providers, and so we have big lists of, of, of people to refer them out to. If they have um, some intimate partner violence, we're able to refer them out to a social service agency that handles that. What was the term you used? Food challenge. I, I, I picked it up, but, but just uh, food, calorically. Food, in, food insecurity. Food insecurity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a real issue. Yes. And uh, not only is that a real issue, but it, but the lack of a proper diet at a, at a, 
is just critical. I mean, it, it, it seems like you can develop a lot of the things that we were talking about. I keep going back to early childhood development. Um, certain foods play big parts in that. Absolutely. A lot, uh, adequate food plays a critical part in that. That's why we screen everyone on, on um, food insecurity. Have you ever, have, in the last month, have you had to, to not pay something in order to buy food? Or have, have you had to give up things for food? And that's really to gauge um, are they able to get the food they need um, and then we can connect them to resources. Um, another exciting thing that we do, um, we started a new lifestyle medicine program about six months ago. And what that is, it's a, it's a, a, a six week series. It's every other week for 12 weeks and one of our family medicine doctors um, leads it and it's for people with um, at least three chronic conditions and we bring them in and we have group medical visits where we talk about um, food is medicine and what what are the good foods to eat and how how do we um, how do we have how do we shop and how do we make food that's uh, reasonably priced and good for you um, we also talk about exercise we talk about healthy habits and about you know relaxation uh, techniques um, and about getting together with family and community to work towards overall health so it's it's um, it's a six-week series like you said, it's every other week for 12 weeks, and it's been very successful. We've um, run two cohorts so far, and um, we're looking to, you know, build another group up for the for uh, the next session. But when people have multiple chronic conditions, um, we really want to make sure we give them extra support, and by having these extra group visits led by um, a doctor and a nurse, um, it's really helped them out. So we try to do these extra projects. Um, to, to really try to make a dent in improving healthcare. You know, let's just, something else that, that I, I want the listeners to, to take into consideration. The, the better healthcare that we give our community, the, the less our hospitals have to take it when it's a big problem. Because you want to catch this stuff uh, you want to treat hypertension. You want to uh, treat uh, chronic pain if if you have it. Uh, you 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 want to get a hold on this stuff before it develops into a full blown uh, heart disease. You know, absolutely. That's a great example. Um, if someone comes in, and they have they have um, chronic uncontrolled hypertension. We actually give them a blood pressure cuff that um, connects to their. Um, Android or Apple okay. device, and then they're able to keep those records, share them with their physician when they come in for an appointment, and they can do self-monitoring. And um, that's been very helpful in, in really providing people with additional tools to be able to self-monitor and be able to really communicate with their provider when they come into, the, into their next appointment how things are going because the, you know sometimes life gets in the way and you may not realize okay um, um, you haven't you haven't kept accurate logs but if you're if you're given tools like okay write down what you eat write down your your readings and and then we can share that information with your provider when you feel bad yes when you know when it hits you it's the afternoon what you ate you know, right, the whole right, thing. And right. I think that's what uh, uh, I, I want to, to drive home is, is you're giving. I, 
it, I personally think this is my personal opinion, not the, the stations or my coworkers or my family or friends. I personally think healthcare is a right. I, it, I, I think that our country does well enough that we should be able, who, whoever's here at this time standing on this piece of earth, that we should be able to treat them with dignity and good health care. And I think to me, that's the value of uh, the, the uh family circle of care is the fact that it you guys seem to do the important service of making people feel okay about themselves and that's probably just as important as important medically as it is spiritually to someone thank you very much for saying that and saying that i really want to say you know our staff members are amazing they really care about the patients I know Every one that step is. Step of the way. You went, when you leave, you need to uh, go back to over there and give Nikki a hug from while. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I absolutely will. I absolutely will. I mean, and that's that's really what happens is people do form connections with all of our em- employees at every single step of the way um, through calling us, coming to the front desk, being served by nurses, medical assistants, providers, community health workers, care coordinators, referral specialists. We're all there to help you, and, and the people at Family. Circle of Care really do a great job of, of reaching and connecting with patients, and I appreciate all of your uh, your feedback today. I'm, I'm happy to, to hear that you're satisfied. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer yet. Yeah, now the kid's off at college, so <laughs> yes. uh, uh, we're through. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, gosh, his, his pediatrician's been our favorite. I could I could listen to that guy talk all day. Um, let, let's give the uh, URL and the phone number out again, if you would. Yes. Um, TylerCircleOfCare.org. Please visit us in the website. Visit us on Facebook. The phone number is 903-535-9041. Please feel free to reach out for an appointment or to talk, about us, talk to us about anything. Thank you. And if you know somebody who needs these services, please make them available to them because a lot of people don't even know these services exist. And so if you have somebody uh, in your life that that's that, that's in need of just uh, medical care, a, a, a medical care life, you know, where they just have medical care. Well, uh, please instruct them to go to Family Circle of Care. Uh, Kristen, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming in and how much uh, this means to the community, how how happy I am for your growth. And uh, I hope that we can uh, do this again sometime. And I hope that uh, if if you need my help in any way in the future, I can help you. Great. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And uh, that is it for this week's in focus. My name is Lonnie Johnson. If you have any uh, thoughts on the show, you can reach us at infocus at ktbb.com. Join us next week uh, when our guest will be Therapet. Have a great week. See you then. In Focus is a weekly public affairs program featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. In Focus is produced by KTBB and the Team Sports Radio. And we thank you for listening. Join us again next week.